Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. There once was a man who had a fig tree planted in his orchard, and when he came in search of fruit on it, he found none. He said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search for fruit on this fig tree, but I haven't found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? The gardener said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for one more year, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. We work, but are we only collaborating with God who works? Tom was a woodcutter for a large timber company. For five years, he had given all he had, but he never gotten a raise. The timber company then hired a guy by the name of Jack, and within a year, Jack was given a raise. And Tom resented that Jack had been given a raise after only a year of work, and he went into his boss to complain about it. The boss said, You are still cutting the same number of trees you were cutting five years ago. The company would be happy to give you a raise if your productivity would go up. So Tom went back and started working harder and putting in longer hours, but he still wasn't able to cut down more trees. He went back to his boss and told him of his difficulty, and the boss said to him, he said, well, maybe you should talk to Jack. Maybe there's something that Jack knows that you and I both don't know. Tom went back to Jack and asked him how he managed to cut down so many trees. And Jack answered, after every tree I cut down, I take a break for two minutes and sharpen my axe. Abe Lincoln said, give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening my axe. Is working at something like our faith a principle foreign to the grace of God? Well, Tim Staples writes, Jesus' radical call to discipleship is a crucial message for both Catholic and Protestant cultures alike, and is what is desperately needed in the culture at large. The way Jesus Christ called us in the first century versus all of the different versions we give today. You know, Jesus is just so nice and he loves you so much. He just loves you just the way you are. Well, of course Jesus loves us just the way we are. But he loves us too much to allow us to stay there. Jesus calls us to a radical conversion. In Revelation 3.16, Christ says, Be hot or cold. If you'd be lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. A man takes a stone in one hand and a blade in the other. He grinds the stone against the blade at angles, equaling the bevel on the blade. The pressure and stress man initiates against the edge of the blade determines how long he must grind. The length of time and precision that the man grinds determines the sharpness of the blade. It's a simple task, but it takes up your time to accomplish it. Sometimes I think my faith is like chopping wood. If I don't spend some time at it, I'm going to freeze my cannolis off in the winter, and I won't be able to live out that radical, selfless, agape love of Christ, the joy of right relationships with God and man, the dignity of peace, the patience to go unprovoked, suffering for others, becoming more respectful, living with unselfish generosity, and fulfilling promises kept in faithfulness 
cultivating an attitude of gentleness inside my rough exterior. In other words, making an effort to be a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. See, the timber in this forest is hard to cut, and you can't do it without sharpening your axe. I'm sure that you've all heard this story about a professor who was giving a lecture. In front of him, he had a big glass jar, a pile of rocks, a bag of small pebbles, a tub of sand, and a bottle of water. He started off by filling the jar with the big rocks, and when they reached the rim of the jar, he held it up to the students and asked them if the jar was full. They all agreed there was no more room to put the rocks in it. It was full. Is it full? he asked. He then picked up the bag of small pebbles and poured these in the jar. He shook the jar so that the pebbles filled all the spaces around the big rocks. Is the jar full now? he asked. The group of students all looked at each other and agreed. Well, yeah, the jar was now completely full. Is it really full? he asked. The professor then picked up the tub of sand and he poured the sand in between the pebbles and the rocks and once again shook the jar. He held up the jar to his class and asked if it was full. And once again, the students agreed that the jar was finally now full. Are you sure it's full? he asked. He finally picked up a bottle of water and tipped the water into the jar until it soaked into all the remaining space in the sand. Now the students laughed. The professor went on to explain, the rocks are supposed to represent the most important things. The pebbles represent things that matter, but some that you could live without. The sand represents everything else, the small stuff. The metaphor here is the importance of what goes in the jar first and the water that will fill the very last spaces. You see, the rocks are like the words of God. The water is like the Holy Spirit. All the stuff in between shakes neatly into place when positioned between these two. It's like Matthew wrote, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went out and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Who would later take either of these prized possessions and make no attempt to gain more with them? At the very least, deposit them somewhere where they may gain interest. St. Augustine wrote to us, We work, but we are only collaborating with God who works. His mercy has gone before us so we might be healed, and follows us so that once healed, we may be given life. It goes before us so we may be called, follows us so we may be glorified. It goes before us so we may live devoutly, follows us so we may always live with God. Because apart from Him, we can do nothing. Now is the time to sharpen the axe. Now is the time to chop wood. In its soul. This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum. <laughs>